Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey everybody, it's Brian here to tell you about Anchor. You haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. I'm going to tell you why. First and foremost, it is free. Secondly, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Plus, Anchor's going to handle all the distribution stuff so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcatcher, etc. They'll even help you make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So here's what you have to do. You have to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You set up those credentials and then they have everything right there. Literally, you could start recording episode one of your very own podcast right there on the spot. It's really awesome. Be sure to check out Anchor. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And joining us today is... Hi, I'm Luke Gygax, founder of GaryCon, uh, as well as a soldier and father. Great to be here today, guys. Thank you for having us. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks a lot for being here. (laughs) So, Luke, thank you for joining us here at the Dungeon Cast. Uh, Before we get started, I was hoping you could tell us in the audience a bit about yourself, beyond the obvious. Uh, who is Luke Gygax? What are you up to in relation to D&D and the gaming community? All right. So uh, uh, as, as those of you who are uh, maybe old school uh, gamers would know, uh, Gygax, um, I'm the son of Gary Gygax, who's the co-creator of Dungeons & Dragons, along with another gentleman uh, named Dave Armiston. Uh, they collaborated and in 1974 published uh, the game Dungeons & Dragons, which is now in its uh, fifth edition, obviously. So there's some great history uh, a great story, great personal story. If you care to uh, 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 read a good book that's easy and fun, I'd recommend Empire of Imagination by a guy, my friend, uh, Michael Whitworth. Mm. Uh, just, a, just a great background If uh, for those of you who are, who are interested. Light read, a couple, couple days of light reading, and you'll, you'll be through it and, and entertained. It'll give you a lot of good background on my father's life and kind of the trials and tribulations and development of, of Dungeons & Dragons. So uh, prior to Dungeons & Dragons existing, there was no RPG genre. Uh, so it was really revolutionary and uh, many things we take for granted today um, flowed from uh, that original Dungeons and Dragons uh, rule books. Uh, and it made it throughout uh, many facets of facets of uh, popular culture, not just not just gaming, but it's influenced uh, our, our entertainment um, all the way from that, you know, Internet and, and video games and inspired many writers and creators of all sorts. So it's a seminal work. And, and I think. Uh, uh, part of my mission is carrying on my father's legacy is to, uh, you know, bring that to the forefront of people's minds. So things that I'm doing uh, related to Dungeons and Dragons is I run a convention uh, called GaryCon. Typically, we hold it every March in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is the hometown. Uh, it's my, my father's adopted hometown. He's originally from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, but he lived there since he was eight years old. And it's where I was raised. It's where Dungeons and Dragons was written. It's where the game company TSR 
was formed, which published both Dragon Magazine and uh, and D and D, of course. And uh, uh, maybe not well is well known. It's where uh, Gen Con started. My father also oh. started the convention Gen Con in Lake Geneva in 1968. He was an avid war gamer uh, prior to becoming a fantasy, you know, uh, prior to developing the role-playing game genre and, and becoming a fantasy RPG designer. So he wanted to get people together. And back in those, those days, it was a niche hobby. So yeah, very much he, so. Got, he got 100 people together for the first convention in 1968, and that was mind-blowing. And of course, it's named the Geneva Convention. Oh, that makes sense. And that's, yeah, so that's why it's Gen Con. It's the Geneva Convention. So uh, obviously that now, uh, that passed to uh, Wizards of the Coast. Mm -hmm. uh, and when Wizards of the Coast was purchased by Hasbro, they didn't want to run a convention. So uh, my friend Peter Atkinson was, is a very, very good businessman. Mm -hmm. And he wisely uh, said, oh, you don't want that? I'll, I'll just hold on to it for you. And, <laughs> and it was, that was a very good decision. Yeah. Absolutely. So now Excellent. it's 70,000 people. So the first year, I think they had 100, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, and my dad pretty much did everything. Uh, uh, they rented it for uh, one day and uh, they managed to pay it by charging a dollar at the head. They, they broke even. He thought that was a great success. Wow. That is a success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Okay. So we're going to get into Gary Con. I have a lot of okay. questions about it and the convention scene in general. But before that, let's get to the question that you probably asked the most by fans, including our fans. Uh, what was it like growing up with Gary Gygax as your dad? Sure. Well, that's always been a hard question for me because I'm like, well, how would I know what it's not like? Right. <laughs> what it's like right, to not right. grow up with my father. Fair. Uh, but, but, but of course, I've observed other people and I, I had friends whose, whose parents worked, uh, you know, traditional jobs from, you know, uh, you know, white collar jobs to, you know, more blue collar physical jobs. I would say that uh, uh, for me, uh, I am, someone called me patient zero for role playing. As far back as I can remember, I have role played. So I grew up with role playing wow. uh, just in my blood. So I, I don't have a memory of not role playing or playing games. Uh, my dad loved all kinds of games. So we would play Rail Bearing, which is an old board game. I believe it's an Avalon Hill board game, perhaps, mm -hmm. uh, where you, you're, you're basically a, obviously a, a, an aspiring rail tycoon and you try to purchase various properties. So he loved the railroad. He was born in 1938. Uh, so for him, growing up with model railroads and stuff like that right. was, was, was a big part. Um, so, but he loved cribbage, go, shogi, chess, uh, any board game. Uh, he would play it, miniatures, uh, you know, chit uh, war games, and of course, uh, a role playing as well. So everything was uh, pretty much uh, put into a game format with my father. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we got out uh, the we had uh, two riding lawnmowers. We bought a house in in in, in Clinton, Wisconsin, in the late seventies, and there was a kind of a decrepit older riding mower and we mm -hmm. purchased a new one because it was a very big big yard so we got them both out and of course we ended up racing around our circular driveway to see who was faster <laughs> or who, who could beat the other one um <clears throat> so it just it, there was always some aspect of gameplay um that, that was going on that, that's yeah. how he that's how he entertained himself um and again you know also being uh he was he worked a lot you know right. so um i'd sit in his i'd come home uh, from school and I'd sit in his office and I'd look through just like every kid, right? Didn't, right. I mean, I, I don't know. Every kid sits there and looks at the monster manual, right? I don't mm -hmm. know about you guys, but I look at the monster manual and, I, and I, oh man, and I, maybe, oh, this is my idea for a monster. Mm -hmm. I'd ask my dad questions while he's typing at his typewriter because right. he was, you know, it was a while ago. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he would answer my question like 15 minutes later because he was, 
Yeah, he's zoned in. Yeah, now, now that now that I now that I'm a parent and have you know, kids and, and they ask me questions, I I realize how how focused you have to be when you're in the creative mindset it's true. to really get in the zone. But he'd keep that question in the back of his mind, and then he'd answer me 15 minutes later, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, "What did I ask you?" <laughs> as a kid, <laughs> as a kid, and then he'd repeat it. He asked me this. Okay, great. But yeah, it was it was fantastic. I'd get to pick up uh, maybe you know if I wasn't going to play it, he'd let me read uh, what he'd written and uh, give my input to it. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Or I'd be like, oh, I was down, you know, I'd tell him my ideas for stories or, or, or creatures. Mm-hmm. So the Bullywug was uh, the first one. I think either the Vapor Red or the Bullywug was the first one I, I did. But I got the idea for a Bullywug because mm-hmm. we lived in the country and there was little tadpoles down there and frogs. And, stuff. Right. and so I was down there. I was like, oh, hmm, wouldn't that be cool if there was like little frog guys that were jumping around? And so, so I went and I told him and talked to him about it. And we came up with the Bullywug, sat it out. Bam, That's yeah. awesome. Folio. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. yeah, and I guess other you know, so my home game mm-hmm. uh, ideas made it into publication. Uh, that's another benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we love the bullywugs. So yeah, yeah we're that. big bullywug fans over here. <laughs> yeah, I love the bullywugs too. They're cool. Uh, and uh, uh, the other thing is, it's like, so I think you know, my dad was more of an old school gamer by definition, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, uh, and if you think about it, you know, part of the transition from uh, role-playing gaming, you know, wargaming, the role-playing gaming was the idea of much more cooperative versus uh, competitive, right? Right. Uh, but my dad had a competitive streak in there, just, just so you know. So even though the DM is not supposed to, you know, uh, uh, you know, take a side or whatever, he's supposed to be a mm-hmm. neutral arbiter, right? Right. Uh, he was definitely a proponent for, for, Challenging for the monsters. The <laughs> right? yeah, he wanted to challenge the players, right? Yeah. It wasn't going to be necessarily be easy. And if you mm-hmm. goofed up, there were, oftentimes there were consequences. Yep. You know, he cut me a little slack here and there because I was pretty young, but... Mm-hmm. But not always. And I mean, my first character died naked at the bottom of a hundred foot pit in the Tomb of Horrors. So, and I was about, I was maybe 10. So, oh, man. Yeah. So that, that, uh, he was a 10 level ranger, but you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that was a rough ending. But, yeah. Uh, that sounds bad. <laughs> it was, it so, was, I, I okay. yeah, it was, that was rough, but you know, I, I made it through, I, I had to learn stuff, but and it was fun and I got to develop some spells and they, they made it in there. So, I mean, I suppose those were the unique aspects of it. Sure. Uh, but then many times there was, there was you know, uh, kind of the normal stuff, like going on a fishing trip up to a cabin and, and, and hanging out. Or, um, I was a, ah, a one thing that's probably more unique, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a great idea. If you're a parent out there, just, just uh, tell your kids stories. Oh, uh, my yeah. dad was a fantastic storyteller. And, uh, you know, I don't do as much with my daughters and I shame on me. I should give them more of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just because busy in life. Right. Yeah. But uh, uh, he would um, I was the fifth. It was his fifth child. So um, he, he'd had a lot of practice. And his father also <laughs> would tell him fantastic stories and got his imagination going from, you know, his youngest uh, youngest years. Mm. Uh, but he would let us pick out three elements to put into a story. So he'd be like, what do you want to hear? Mm. Oh, I want uh, magic slippers. Um, I want a rose. And uh, I want a lion. So, and he would go through the story and you would weave it together and, and, and create this really cool story. That's amazing. And, yeah. yeah. It, it, so he would do that. And uh, he also would tell us uh, stories that were tailored for us in a different way. I was, being the youngest, uh, I often felt down, downtrodden or I wasn't, you know, I didn't get to do so many of the things that my older brothers and sisters did. Right. So um, he, he made a, a story where the hero was... Uh, the little boy in a Japanese village. I think he just called him Boison or, or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And he was a little in, 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 you know, various things would happen and, and he would get to be the protagonist. 
And uh, one of the local, you know, samurai or military uh, leaders out there was, mm-hmm. uh, there was uh, General Ruko. My name's Luke, so it was kind of, you know, there was oh, kind of a play sure. there, right? And then uh, Captain Ernie Zawa, which mm-hmm. is my brother's name is Ernie. He's my older brother. So I got to order him around in the story. That nice. made me feel good. So, you know, <laughs> you those were kind of the neat the things. Story. That's cool. Yeah. So th- those were some of the things that, that maybe other people didn't experience as much. Right. Or also, I think those those are some cool features. Well, that definitely answers my next question because I was going to ask you if D and D was like an inherent part of the Gygax family life, or if it was more of a mm-hmm. "that's your dad's job" thing. But it sounds like it was fully integrated. You were very involved. Yeah, I would. We would play test things. Awesome. I, I remember my first character, the first adventure I remember was playing. Um, I was supposed to be a man at arms mm-hmm. uh, that they hired in the village of Hamlet. Mm. Uh, so it was an early playtest version of, of T1, and I was the one of the I was the guy who was spying on the party for the druid, make sure that they weren't evil, and that became uh, my first character. I was actually a ranger, and then I I learned who they were and went on. We went through the giant series, the drow series. Um, nice, yeah. So that was cool. That's, so, that's how I made tenth level. It's which is tenth level is very high. That's that, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, uh, back in old school you know, the, the old school uh, methodology. But yeah, so I playtested a lot of stuff, and then as Melf. I uh, play tested. Uh, Sod Chant is probably my favorite. Lost Temple of Thrizden, Dungeon Land through the Magic Mirror. That's what that one is. The, the Alice in Wonderland kind of base ones. Yeah, yeah. And That's of awesome. course, adventured through through Greyhawk Castle, Greyhawk. Of course, um, of course, he did. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, so do so you, my dad's Christmas. Do you still play D and D actively today? Yes, I, I do play. I'm going to play after this interview. I'm uh-huh. going to get together and play with uh, some friends of mine that I've been friends with for 30 years. We went wow. to Desert Storm together uh, oh. back when I was just a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're all, all old farts. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to play some fifth edition, if you can believe it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so it's uh, guys that I kind of lost track of over, you know, for a, a long time. And then uh, through GaryCon, we actually reconnected. So um, I, I really, I, I assume a lot of things when I talk about Gary Con because it's so prominent in my life, mm-hmm. but I suppose it would make, it would probably make a lot of sense to give your viewers who, who don't know me at all, uh, some background mm-hmm. on it. So I apologize for not doing that earlier. Oh, uh, no, no, there, yeah, it's cool. I, I had questions about Gary Con and we can move, we can move sure, to yeah, it. Yeah. So, so what is Gary, yeah, yeah what but, is Gary Con? Obviously it's named after my father, Gary Gygax, mm-hmm. and it came out of a very sad event. Um, he passed away March 4th of 2008. Um, and of course, for anybody who's lost a parent, uh, they can understand, you know, losing your dad is a, it's a real blow and it's a yeah. life changing event. Um, and I, I sure felt that, um, it's kind of like still kind of a haze or, or, you know, it's like, it's hard to, it's really, wow. That's, you know, there was so much emotions and, 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 and just kind of making it through each day for a period of time around that. But what I, um, what was very comforting and what I was somewhat surprised by, to be honest with you, was the outpouring of care and support from the community. And it's then that I really realized Dungeons and Dragons was more than just a game that, that people played. It had figured prominently in their lives. And for many, it had been a key influence that helped them through various challenges in their life. And um, even, even the people who didn't know my dad personally felt very close to him and appreciated what he did because the impact his writings, his creation had on them in a positive manner. And, and so that moved me uh, and the rest of my family and brothers and sisters too. They all, we all felt that it was very cathartic. And uh, many people came uh, from 
around the country. Uh, some we didn't know at all. They just got in a car and drove and came because they wanted to pay their respects uh, to my dad. Uh, so we had a, a you know a relatively small uh, a funeral service that was for family and friends. And then uh, I thought, man, there's there's just people who are saying they're coming. Uh, so why not have like a, for lack of a better word, a, a wake or a gathering? Uh, at, and I picked the old American Legion Hall in, in town. Because Lake Geneva is about a town of five or 6,000 people. It's not very big. Yeah, very small town. Um, yeah, and so the American Legion Hall is, is location. I think Gen Con 3 might have been held there. You know, partially, I think they had a couple locations. And uh, uh, then when I was growing up, it was used for conventions like, uh, uh, you know, Winter Fantasy and Autumn Revel were a couple little, you know, few hundred person conventions. So 100, 125 people or so, I, I don't know, uh, gathered in my uh, my sisters, you know, made food and and uh, there was a little there was a little bar in the, the American Legion Hall. So people could have something to eat, have a have a drink. Uh, the tables tables were out. People played games. We put the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon up on the wall, as well as the uh, the uh, um, <clears throat> oh geez, uh, Futurama episode that my father was in. And we had a podium up there. And if anyone wanted to go up and share a story about my dad, a personal story, game, whatever, uh, they were able to do so. Yeah. And and people had a good time there. And I think it was it might have been Harold Johnson told me uh, he can't be said, Luke, this was a really good idea. Um, I think you should do this again next year. And uh, Jolly Blackburn was there. Jolly Blackburn, who does, uh, Harold Johnson worked for my dad uh, mm-hmm. uh, years ago. He was a good, good guy and also a local resident. And Jolly Blackburn just lived across the border in Illinois. And he came up and Jolly said, yeah, you can call it GaryCon. Um, and Jolly Blackburn makes Nights at the Dinner Table. He's the cartoonist who does that. And in mm-hmm. their world, in their world, they have a guy named uh, Gary Jackson, who's a fusion of my dad, Gary Gygax, and another old game designer, Steve Jackson. Oh, yeah. So it's Gary Jackson, and they run Hard Eight Games, and their Gen Con is, is Gary Con. That's what they call it in the world. I didn't oh. realize at the time. Mm-hmm. I just said, oh, okay, that's that's a cool name. I'll, I'll do it. So mm-hmm. I figured I would just throw a game day once a year to commemorate my, my father's uh, life, you know, in, in March. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I really just said, hey, everybody come together. And I didn't have a website. I didn't charge any money. I just said, show up. And about 175 people came to that first one. And cool. uh, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and work, I mean, I just figured I was hosting it and I would spend money and, and just host it. And people said, no, 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 you can't do that. And uh, the great, great guys, Jolly and, and David Kenzer, they brought up a, a van load of product and mm-hmm. said, here you go, just ask for donations. And, right. and then they, they held a little auction. They, someone stood up and waved their hand and said, hey, uh, I've got this thing that I'll sell. Let's raise some money so Luke doesn't have to do this. And so they held an impromptu little auction in the in the space. It was really just one room that we were gaming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before I knew it, I had $400 more than I spent. Wow. So I was like, <laughs> I was like <laughs> what am I going to do now? I can't, I can't keep this money. So I mm-hmm. had to start a business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 and, 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 and there you go. And it just kind of grew from there. And the next year we had 250 people and in, uh, 2019, which was the last year we could have a physical convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were up to mm-hmm. just about 3000 people, which is huge. Yeah, that's for, a big growth. For, well, plus it's in a town of 6,000 people. Right. In March in the middle of Wisconsin. Yeah. You so it's not exactly <laughs> a tourist destination. The closest <laughs> yeah. airport is about an hour and 15 minutes. Well, Milwaukee is about an hour and O'Hare is about an hour and 20. 
Okay. Uh, so it's it's not convenient. There's no bus that runs through it. There's no train. So if you come to GaryCon, you want to be at Gary. Yeah. You made a concerted for sure. effort to be there. And uh, yeah, so 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 that's amazing. I'm really was I'm really blown away by the amount of love and support that we get. And and I think because really for me it's a it's a family reunion. And, and by family, I'm, I, I mean, it extends to uh, you know Tim Kask and, and Jim Ward. These are the guys who are you know, Mike Carr, I mean, Tom Wom, these are the guys that uh, were like uncles, essentially. They were always around, you know, uh, people I've known all my life. Right. You know, even Harold Johnson and and, and, and uh, uh, guys like that. And, and it gives an excuse for people to come back who worked at TSR uh, in the 80s and visit with their friends. We hold a TSR reunion. So even if you're they aren't, not a game designer, you know, uh, Susie from accounting and whatever, who still live in the area, they show up. Mm-hmm. And I host uh, a little event for them to have some cocktails and, and hors d'oeuvres and, and hang out for a few hours and catch up with people. And, you know, Margaret Weiss is local. Uh, so oh, she's gonna, cool. she, yeah, she created Dragonlance. And oh, then yeah. Tracy Hick- Hickman has popped in. And, you know, Jeff Easley. Uh, uh, Jeff Easley is always there because he's a, he's a local resident. He's a great artist. Um, Larry, Larry Elmore has been there the past several years now. He came for like probably Gary Khan five maybe four or five and mm-hmm. he's come every year since then because it was so much fun so i just would see him at, at, at gen cons and he you know larry i larry probably remembered me as a chubby 12 year old kid and so <laughs> you know, like the next time he saw me i'm i'm like six three and 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 uh <laughs> a, little, a little different looking and he's like he's like i i know i, I knew you it was a number of years ago and, and i was like yeah, I know. I know you could get as yeah luke yeah. gagax he probably saw him, so he's like oh luke great you know and then and then but Larry is absolutely fantastic guy. So I, I've rekindled uh, relationships with so many people. Uh, many of them worked with my father in some capacity or he inspired mm-hmm. them. Um, so, you know, Jeff Kalanian, who was working on his Castle Zagig stuff, along with Steve Chenault from Trollor Games. Uh, these guys are I mean, it's pretty much like family. And, you know, Jim Ward helped me write some modules when I decided I wanted to write some modules and and do tournament modules for Gary Khan. Um just because I thought that was a great homage to my dad. Yeah. So it's really, a, a for me, it's a family gathering and homage. We play games, we have fun, and people have enjoyed that sort of environment and that camaraderie, the close feeling. Yeah, and the community. So, uh, yeah, the community. It's a sense of community, mm-hmm. and it's about gaming, um, and, and that's why we're there. It's about gaming. It's about, you know, yes, it's it's about my dad. It's named after my dad, but we also have, uh, you know, a memorial uh, where – you know, we started putting down things, you know, like Professor Barker when, when he passed or, you know, Dave Arneson. And, right. and we, we, we keep a, a, a memorial wall. And then a uh, 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 geek preacher, Derek White, um, he's the chaplain for Gary Khan, um, you know, <laughs> good guy. And they have like a prayer breakfast and stuff. And he came up with the idea. He said, why not have uh, we have a table set up with some of my, you know, my dad's belongings out there and kind of like the table of honor is his desk and some dice and things of that nature and some books. Um and he said, uh, you know, behind that, why don't we put up a, just a wall, you know, paper or whatever, where people can put a picture of of their friend who's not here anymore. Their oh, gaming buddy. wow. That's really and, nice. And write a little note there. And then then we kind of have our own little memorial wow. wall. for. People. I love that. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, so it's, and it's, you know, these aren't just, it's not me thinking up of all these things. It's yeah. everybody coming together and sharing these great ideas and offering support and, and helping make it better. And so that's why I think Gary Khan has been successful is because the focus is on having a good time, yeah. being a community, 
um, and, and focusing on you know, focus on the fun and, and, and the positivity and the support. Uh, in my, I believe and I've learned and I, I feel this is true. Gamers are good people. Mm-hmm. We always raise a ton of money for charity. People dig deep uh, to do that. Um, the staff at the hotel uh, it tells us, you know, not 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 just the management. The management does say this as well, but you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt. Right. The workers, you know, the workers, the young people, the you know, whoever it is, uh, uh, come up and say, "You're our favorite group. You guys are so <laughs> polite. You don't cause any trouble. You tip us well. Uh, you're just a joy uh, to be around." And 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 so uh, I think that's a reflection of gamers are generally friendly, social. Yeah, and good absolutely. A generous group. Absolutely. Yeah, indeed. So this is the 13th Jerry, uh, Gary is. Con coming up, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Gary Con 13 is, uh, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Con 13 <laughs> is uh, March 25th to 28th. Mm-hmm. And uh, due to uh, obviously the, the coronavirus pandemic that is still with us, mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, you know, clearly the wisest decision was to go virtual again this year. So, right. so we are. And uh, we'll be uh, hosting all sorts of games, uh, you know, through the Discord server. Uh, you can certainly use, you know, any virtual tabletop or conference system you want uh, to uh, to run your games. Uh, and if you want to find out more on how to buy a badge, what games are available, and, and that sort of thing, uh, you can go to GaryCon.com. Or if you know you just want to get a badge, just go to Play.GaryCon.com. It'll take you right to the uh, tabletop.events uh, service that we use and you can purchase your badge and, and get to it. And right, there's another, the staff's been working really hard. We've, we've got some great uh, benefits just this last week that we kind of solidified. Mm-hmm. So for every single badge that you have and the basic badge is 20 bucks, um, anyone who comes to GaryCon will, uh, courtesy of Smiteworks, will get three months free of Fantasy Ground subscription plus uh, one nice. of my modules, a module I wrote with Jeff Tulanian uh, called the trouble at lock geneva uh, they'll get that converted to fantasy grounds for free you'll get seven days uh ultimate level access to tabletopia which is a virtual uh, board game virtual tabletop mm-hmm. uh, which has 1500 games already in it uh, built in that you can access for the whole week of GaryCon. and i was just talking to my friends over at frog god games and uh, they said they're going to pitch in $20, a $20 gift certificate to every single person who purchases a badge, uh, Gary Con for 20 bucks of, of e-product. Yeah, and of course, amazing. if you, yeah, if you, if you want to buy a, a, a higher tier badge, which gives you a little bit earlier access and some other bennies, they come with, with virtual swag bags as well. <laughs> and uh, you'll get either a hundred dollars of additional e-swag or up to $300 of, of additional uh, e-swag for, uh, for those. So, uh, you know, you at least you at least double your money um, when you buy a badge uh, to GaryCon. Plus, you get in for all four days and get to have a good time. So that's yeah, the awesome. love and support I'm talking about. Is this people are very they, they really want to they want us to have a good time, and they realize this pandemic is really a gut punch for it so really many is. businesses, yeah. Yeah. so many businesses, so many conventions, and of course, so many friendships. Right. Right. I, I haven't been able to sit down and shake dice face-to-face with people yeah, in a long time. Okay, I'm exaggerating. I have three daughters, and so when I <laughs> sit them down and say, nope, you're going to play, stop, put that down, you know, stop the TV, then we can That's sit true. and play a little D&D too. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and put all those links in the description just you know, when you send them to us. Oh, great. Okay. Um, so just a couple of questions about Gary Khan. Um, 
13. That's a big number. It's been running a long time. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the biggest surprises or delights that you've experienced and didn't expect running a convention for this long a period of time? Uh, yeah, like I said, I thought I would be doing a game day and paying, <laughs> uh, paying, you know, a couple thousand dollars every year just to do a, a one day homage to my dad. I had no idea. I had no idea I was signing up for this amount of work year round. <laughs> so yeah. I was hornswoggled. I, I fooled myself. Uh, so yes, running a convention is a whole bunch of work. It is not something that can be done or done. I don't think you could do it alone, period. Right. And you certainly couldn't do it well alone. So there's a huge team of people who offer their support. Some work year round, uh, a dedicated staff, gosh, maybe about 10 or 12 folks that, that work year round in some capacity doing this, plus a, a whole myriad of, of other folks who, when I say, hey, you know, we've got, you know, oh yeah, we'll donate swag, you know, et cetera. Uh, what I didn't know is that I would make so much impact on people's lives through GaryCon. And that's a, that's a huge, it's a huge boost. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, it's hard going two years, it'll be three years, three years before I get to see this in person again. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the reward for the hard work and for, for the staff who's, you know, sure, occasionally I can pay them a little something. But we're talking, this is below minimum wage kind of. It's volunteer stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's essentially volunteer work. I mean, it's yeah. just a little money to, to yeah, it's volunteer. Oh, really? um, but uh, uh, the reward, the reward is those is seeing yeah. the smiles on people's faces when you go around and you see all the joy uh, that was created. Uh, I didn't think that at Gary, you know, people I was seeing at Gary Con for the young people I'd be seeing at Gary Con for, they're now grownups. Right. And, you know, I got to see, uh, these guys run their first games, like and start a teen, you know, Oh, they're starting a teen D game. And now, now they're, you know, getting out of college and getting married. Crazy. <laughs> uh, gosh, I mean, I've, it, it's just that whole evolution and, and yeah, some of the little girls that, uh, you know, I remember there's the Petrie family and they, 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 they come and they had uh, three daughters as well. And, you know, a couple of them have grown up and gotten married and, and gosh, and now I think about it, uh, someone, when a, a prominent figure for the Gary Con staff for a long time was um, Matthew Teets's daughter, Caroline Teets, mm-hmm. uh, who's now, uh, I'm like 13 at a Gen Con uh, at the auction hall, because that's where her dad was. I went down to say hi to Tim or, or something uh, working down the auction hall. And, uh, you know, precocious young lady. Well, she made it to like a Gary Con at 14 or 15 and she had a good time and her dad always came. And so she came back and she said, hey, I, I really want to help out. I'm like, who's this, you know, who's this young lady? I was like, okay, great. You can do some stuff. But she really sees the initiative and she's a bright young lady. So she, now, now she, she stayed with from 16 to 23. She's finished graduated high school, finished law, college and law school. Wow. Is married, married a soldier and uh, is having her baby, uh, baby in, in February. So I saw that whole, <laughs> all those things. So it's just yeah. like, wow, you know, the, the passage of time for me, I don't feel like I've changed that much, but, but seeing the, uh, the just growth. the great impact and the growth of people, um, companies, uh, companies have formed by people meeting at Gary Con. all sorts of projects have, have come to fruition. Um, I made some amazing friendships. I, I didn't, uh, like I said, I reconnected with people that I haven't seen since I was just a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wonderful to have Larry Elmore there. It's wonderful to have Earl Otis uh, show up every year and have a good time. Um, Margaret Weiss introduced me to Joe Manganiello. 
because uh, uh, Joe Manganiello is a obviously he's an avid gamer, as most people know. He loves Dragonlance, and so he was talking to Margaret about that, and she's like, "Oh, you'd probably like to come to this convention in Lake Geneva. It's, you know, I think you'd have a good time." And <clears throat> so she gave me his phone number, and we talked, and mm. and sure enough, he had a blast, and uh, um, you know, so I just got to meet all sorts of cool people. Yeah, the networking and, opportunities. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's just. <laughs> And it's just cool, you know. And I, I mean, this is not my my primary job. I am a, I'm a lieutenant colonel in the, in full time in the oh. California National Guard, and I have a, a fairly demanding uh, day job. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and three little girls and uh, wife and stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, to all those things uh, take some time. So again, as this thing has grown, uh, it's really through the energy, love of the community to include those hardworking staff members that, that keep this thing rolling forward. And I guess I'm just, my sense of appreciation for the community has continued to grow. Yeah, without a doubt. That's awesome. Sounds like an amazing community. And super, and super impressive to be able to juggle all that. And yeah, still put on a great no con. Yeah. <laughs> so excellent. Well, like I said, like I said, I owe a lot to I owe a lot to the guys who are helping me out. Yeah, yeah. My event staff, I mean, it's just it's just guys. I was like, well, I'm, I you know, I know Skip and Dave could do this. Well, Skip Williams and and, and Dave Conant ran uh Gen Con in its early years, you know, and some of it's when it was in the teens. And uh, also a lot of RPGA conventions, so uh, they're they're great people to have run the yeah, convention. And, yeah, and you know my my ops guy for physical conventions is uh, uh, Mike No from Iron Wind Metals, uh, which was the old Ralph Partha. So I don't know if you he, it used to be that company. Ralph Partha was one of the original kind of miniature big figurine oh. makers. Yeah, nice. so uh, there's Grenadier and, and Ralph Partha, and, and so he Ralph Partha went bankrupt, and he kind of bought that company and they just renamed it Iron Wind. Uh, but he's, he was essentially a guy who was a biker. He liked, you know, he's a Harley riding biker guy, mm-hmm. you know, all tattoos and beard and all sort of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, he, he took a temporary job near his house uh, through a friend uh, spinning uh, you know, miniatures. They needed a little extra help. And uh, I think he never left. He ended up working there all his life and bought the company. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's just kind of, you know, isn't it funny how dumb luck sometimes uh Yeah, life takes us on these paths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So so it's, yeah, it's a big it's a big family. All these all these people are our family. And just like family, some of them uh <laughs> some of them can complain about the strangest things to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh uh which is funny. It can be quite irritating at the time mm-hmm. uh it is one little story i mean heck we all like to we all like to gripe about stuff right yeah of course so, so <laughs> one guy this is this is this is probably the best one so uh uh you know with the growth there was a lot of there's a lot of trouble that came around until i found a great management service so i'm going to say hats off to tabletop.events they're they're a great service if you're a small convention uh, uh organizer take a look at them they're, they're the guy who created it is, is great they've sold it to board game geek, geek now uh, but it still continues to be a, a great service. So uh, we hadn't found that yet. So I was managing, I was going through, we had all sorts of, you know, uh, trouble with their registration process. Oh man, it was very really hard. And we used to offer an early bird registration where you would get, I think it was like 40 bucks. You got four days of the convention. Plus you got, uh, we have some really cool stadium cups. I wish I had been smart enough to grab one and have it handy, but we have some really neat stadium cups that we do each year. And you can buy a stadium cup for like 10 bucks and you get, dollar soda refills all day long of Mm -hmm. of the convention and uh during we have happy hours on friday and saturday for a couple hours 5 5 30 7 30 
and you can get free soda in it. Or if you pay 20 bucks, you get a beer cup, different color, right? Same design. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and same, same thing. You get $3 spotted cows. Spotted cow is my, my dad's kind of beer, beer of choice. It was, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, well, we're Swiss. So the name Gygax is, is a Swiss name and uh, there's a Swiss town. There's New Glarus, which is a Swiss community in Wisconsin and they have New Glarus Brewery. So he enjoyed New Glarus Brewery. This is one of their most popular beers. So that's, that's become cool. the that's official, cool. the unofficial official beer of Gary Conso. Yeah. <laughs> Spotted cow. You can like only a, get it in Wisconsin. Is they, it they like just, a, a milk stout or? No, it's just, yeah. it's really like a ale or something. It's, yeah. It's, oh, okay. For sure. Yeah. You, that's awesome. You can't, you can't buy it outside of Wisconsin. They just said, nope, we don't. We They're not expanding that it's, far? It's, yeah. It, there's like, yep, we're not doing it. We're, yeah. We yeah. like what we're doing here. It's yeah. family owned. We like to take care of our customers. And there's enough demand in Wisconsin. No. Uh, so, so it's uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a pale ale. It's a farmhouse pale ale, I guess, is the nice uh, official like nomenclature style. Uh, Very cool. So yes, uh, but it's, it's it's tasty. It's a good beer. So you, so you can get that. So if you uh, came to Gary County, bought this batch, I would throw in the cups free, right? Oh. Nice. And so, right. So it's nice. So it saved you like 30 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just to do it before, you know, whatever, in the first two or three months we had registration open, it gave us some operating capital and it was great. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy was just got online. He's like, oh, this Gary Con, these guys are the worst. They've been ripping me off every single year. Oh I, <laughs> like, I get this cup and I can never use it. And I was like, okay, why can't you? Use it? Well, I don't drink beer. I'm like, okay, so get okay. soda. He's like, Oh, you don't have soda that I can drink. I need a diet, non-caffeinated, non-cola. Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, and this is during this is like you know, registration had just opened. It had failed. We we're having to go through hundreds and walk back hundreds of of, of processes to see who actually registered for what game at what time mm-hmm. because. It, it just slammed and overflowed. So there's 50 people signed up for eight, an eight person game, right? Or eight, um, eight seats. So we're like, oh my God. And so my poor, you know, they're just pulling their hair up. I'm trying to answer these sorts of questions and say, boy, we're really sorry. We're working on it. And this guy comes up with this one. So I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I, <laughs> and he was just, and he would go on. He was just going on. Oh, oh yes. Still my, so I had to pick up the phone and, and call the Grand Geneva Hotel where we, where we do it. And it's our first year there. And I said, you have a, Diet, non-cola, non-caffeinated beverage. You're like, no, we don't. Uh, but Diet Sierra Mist would qualify for that. We will order a case of Diet Sierra Mist. And we'll oh. have it. We'll have it positioned around. <laughs> so if this guy comes up and we'll brief her. So that's the level. See, this is this is a good hotel. And, and yeah. so he got his, yeah, like he got his Diet Sierra Mist and that emergency. Diet. So that's the kind of like yeah. these are the kind of curveballs <laughs> you don't expect. It's like no. You know, not yeah, at all. You know, a guest canceling, you know, stuff happens. A guy couldn't, couldn't travel, a, a death in the family, whatever the case may be. And you have to reschedule people. But no, <laughs> it's the little minutia ankle biter stuff. <laughs> but you can't, you can't just be like, shut up and deal with it, right? You can't, you can't do that, right? That's so what I would do. you have to go the extra mile and take care <laughs> yeah. of people. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, that's awesome. amazing. Great. Well, if you guys are listening to this or watching this, check out the link below. Go support Gary Khan and hopefully opens up so everyone can fly there and get some diet uh, Sierra Mist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, before you go, Gary, we reached out to our fans and uh, or Luke, sorry. Before you go, Luke, we reached out to our fans and they got a bunch of questions for you. So you down for some fan questions? Yeah. yeah All go. right. 
So I'm going to ask this first question. It's become a tradition on the Dungeon Cast interviews. We ask all our interviewees this question. It's not D&D related, but Luke, what is your favorite breakfast burrito and or breakfast sandwich? Ooh, yes, that's, yeah, this is a serious question here. So I would say, uh, <laughs> I would say that I prefer, I don't prefer the burritos. If I'm going to have a breakfast sandwich, I want uh, like a turkey, bacon, uh, egg and cheese on a croissant. Ooh, nice. I like excellent. that. Unique answer. It's good. Let's see. You kind of already answered this question. Um, what's this one here? Oh, by the way, that last question was from Discord user Velocity. This one comes from Cody Source Rex. How do you think growing up with D&D affects your perception of the hobby? Well, yeah, I, uh, for me, it was just, like I said, it was a given. This was this was part of life. And so it always struck me as odd when people would say their parents thought during the satanic panic mm-hmm. that this game was dangerous. Oh, like, I can't imagine. Dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so this was a real, this was a real thing. People yeah. would make death threats against my father. Um, oh my and, and we had people who would cruise by our, where we lived and it would freak my mom out. Uh, so yeah, my parents built, a six foot cyclone fence around our property. We had, Oh my uh, gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. We had six, uh, six, uh, Husky dogs that we'd let run at night. So right. uh, to help, Have to help them guard the place. Uh, we were, yeah, my dad was a second amendment, uh, supporter. So we practiced, uh, mm-hmm. shooting a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was just one of those things. So that was dangerous. That was real. You know, the people who said that sort of stuff, my, my mom was, was certainly afraid that, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get in trouble. So for me, when right. someone would say, this is from the devil, I was like, no, it's not. No, it's I mean, for my dad. Yeah, my dad. You know, we, we, there was no, no. Sorry, sorry to disappoint people. There was no like you know black robes or seances or covens. Right. And none of that sort of stuff. It was just really hanging out and rolling dice and being nerdy and having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, that, that was it. So my dad, if you look at the you know the, the people would say, oh, there's spells in those books. He's like, and my dad always said. Would I be writing games if I could throw these spells? Are you know, kidding right? me? I'd go <laughs> yeah. Are you this is like one of the silliest things ever. And he's like, yeah, the gust of wind spell, look at the spell components. It's a legume, you know, it's beans. Right. So yeah. That's what's making the gust of wind, right? I mean, yeah. the, uh, the lightning, I think a lightning bolt has a piece of rabbit fur and a glass rod for static electricity, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. This is, yeah. It's not yeah. magical spell. It's, it's ludicrous. But yeah, I never even thought about the whole satanic panic and how that affected the family. I just never really even thought about it. That's crazy. Um, so next question is from Jasmine. He wants to know, or they want to know, favorite character you've ever made? Okay, so the favorite character I played seriously would be Melf. Uh, he was a, a, a fighter magic user. I Is got that him a up famous to, spell? Yeah, I got him up to fighter 11, magic user 13, and that's using the old school limitations. So I had to use wishes and a tome of intellect to get my, my uh, strength up to 19. He was a 17. I used a wish to get it to 18. I rolled percentiles, got to 1881. Two more wishes got me 10 percentage points each time, got me up to 1901. So he's 19 strength by head. <laughs> so that's how tech my dad was tough. Yeah, I had yeah. Use three wishes. <laughs> for like that one. <laughs> and wish rings were, that was not easy to find either. Right. And then uh, I got the Tome of Intellect, uh, whatever. I can't remember the exact, like clear thought or whatever it is. But the one that raises your intelligence by one at the end of, um, 
at the end of uh, uh, Sajkan when you fight Igwil's daughter that's in there. Do you guys remember that one? It's a mm. circular chamber with a vamp. She's a vampire. Mm. And uh, uh, she's got uh, slippers of spider climbing. And it's a hemispherical cool. chamber. <laughs> so she's running around this thing upside down. Touch, yeah. yeah. So that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I lost a couple <laughs> levels that way. And when you lose a level, you know, you lose. I have lost a level of fighter and magic user. Or two, actually, because I think the vampires ran two levels, if I remember right. So that, that was horrendous. She hit me once, and that really screwed me up. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was it was a lot of hard work. So I enjoyed playing Melf. Uh, you know, I developed spells and I played through a lot of things. I put a lot of a lot of a lot of time into, into Melf and, and really enjoyed enjoyed playing him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If I'm being silly, probably one of the most fun time, characters I had was playing Marvel superheroes. And my buddies, I'm not a big superhero fan, mm-hmm. a game fan. You know, I don't mind superhero movies, but I don't really want to play a superhero. But they all loved it, and they were playing these. You know, one was a like a Punisher clone, and the other one was, a, you know, a Wolverine kind of clone. So it's more along those lines. And uh, I just wasn't feeling feeling this, so I made my character uh, was a was a robot mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> or a cyborg. He is robot. That's awesome. <laughs> he is a robot, right? Well, no, I rolled it. He was a robot. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And I had uh, amazing. But armor, which I think was is like one of the highest classes you can roll. So I had like amazing armor. I had like a 40 for my shadow force. That was another thing you just randomly generated. And then I had like biochemistry at like excellent or something, which is still good, like a 20. Uh, so, so it's all pretty good. So I made my guy a gutter ball, the cosmic bowler. And so I was <laughs> like, you know, I was in, he was in his 50s. He had uh, uh, patent white leather shoes, uh, lime green polyester pants. <laughs> A bowling shirt with my name. My nickname was Slim on there. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I was kind of balding, a little dandruff problem, a lot of BO. I used my chemical manipulation to have like BO uh, and dandruff. And then I, uh, my, my uh, force, I'd make bowling balls out of shadow force. And I would, you know, go be like, that's yeah, amazing. Take that awesome. Straight, I love this. Character. Take that turkey, you know, and all these like yeah. really horrible puns. And the rest of the guys, you know, I was just kind of. I was actually pretty decent playing. You know, I helped. I wasn't a thorn in the side, but I just had that was my my way of poking fun at. It. Yeah, yeah. So that was the way of you're enjoying the. Yeah, genre. it was silly. Yeah, it was silly. And it was a lot of fun. So no, no, uh, I totally get it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what system were you guys using to play that? By the way, Marvel superheroes. Oh, oh, yeah, the actual system Marvel superheroes. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, old, old Marvel superheroes. I've heard of it, not played it. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I played Champions. I played Rollmaster. Um, yeah, that was, that was actually one of my, one of my most entertaining games I had was playing role master with my friend Quentin Bone in college. And he was just a really, that was all DM. That was all DM, you know, cause it, which I think if you have a good DM system is almost immaterial, right? Mm. I can agree yeah, with that. It's true. Well, that occasionally leads me to another fan question. 12 cubes asks, are you socially and legally allowed to openly like Pathfinder? <laughs> I played Pathfinder and I I, I love uh you know Jason Bowman comes to GaryCon, he's a great dude. Yeah, awesome. no, it's so a yeah. it's a great game. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> Eric Mona is a is a good man. Uh you know, the folks at Paizo are you know they're supportive. We have Pathfinder Society at GaryCon. If you play Pathfinder, come to GaryCon. Heck yeah, uh, that's awesome. It's a big it is a big tent. I don't care if if you play fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons, come on. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, for, for I don't care what it is. Uh, you know, we have people who play Hackmaster. We have people play Castles and Crusades, Swords and Wizardry. Uh, uh, DCC, Dungeon Crawl Classics is a big one. Um, yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
You can play chainmail. You can play Siege at Bodenburg when we hold a physical convention. That's probably one of the coolest things you can do at JerryCon. So mark it on your calendars for 2022. It's going to be like the last week in, in March as well. If you want to come there and get like a history lesson, there, it, it, do it now. Do it in 22 because people, time marches on relentlessly, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. But, but as of right now, if we were able to hold JerryCon, you could go play um, Bronstein with David Dave Wesley, who most people probably don't have no idea who Dave Wesley is. He's the guy who kind of created the spark that gave Dave Arneson the idea to make Blackmore, who talked to my dad and created D&D. So Bronstein is the first like idea. I wouldn't call it role-playing, but it's a single, you play a role in this fictional town of Bronstein. Mm. It's the first opportunity where you got to play non-combatant. You could be the mayor of the town. You could be, and you had victory goals and they were all different victory goals. Mm -hmm. And he was the referee and you would talk to each other and write notes and stuff. And then he would adjudicate what what had happened in this scenario. So you can play that as well as Siege at Bodenburg, which gave my dad the idea for the chainmail rules and the Castles and Crusades Society. So you get that whole, all the way to playing, you know, 1973, 1974, you know, super early, you know, uh, Recreations of Castle Greyhawk or interpretations right. of Castle Greyhawk from people, you know, whether it's an Alan Groey or a Paul Stormberg or somebody like that, all the way to playing with the last in 19, we had like Mike Morals and and I think oh, Shelly cool. Mazenoble and, and and you know Greg Tito from the Wizards guys and I think Chris Perkins didn't make it because something happened, he, he had an issue uh-huh. or whatever. But yeah, a tons of Adventures League stuff, uh all over, like I said, all systems is a wide tent. Yep. That's awesome. awesome. Really cool. So just a just a few more questions. This one's from the exiled one. Do you have a favorite demon lord? And that's followed up by Cody Source Rex saying, and why is it Demogorgon? <laughs> yeah, it is Demogorgon because oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, so I should be wearing my Gary Con 9 t-shirt because I have a super awesome Demogorgon uh version. These these are the GM shirts that are made for our super dedicated GMs who uh, says game master. Yeah. It's, it's for the super dedicated game masters who run like 16 hours of games at a, at a physical Gary con. Wow. That's the way you get this, this shirt and uh, you get to be part of the uh, game master regiment. So this one's for Gary content and, and <laughs> we have a niche. this. So this is the, the bad guys perspective. So the mm. art for Gary content was uh, a solar, you know, an angel type figure, uh, looked like my dad essentially uh flying up above this guy with a flaming sword like a michael you know saint michael uh you know shooting a blast of 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 what you know radiant uh, energy out mm. and uh, slamming into this uh lich in his you know melting like his skeletal army behind him and so for me that was figuratively you know him beating death through, right very uh, wow. kind of living up to that and so james v west who's uh, an artist who does our, our game master shirts uh, very talented guy, JB West to the Max uh, is his uh, IG. Really good dude. Uh, he does these up for us. And I just say, hey, how about you know, making it something like this? And he always comes up with cool ideas. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the shirt looks amazing. Um, final question. This one's from Velocity as well. Pineapple on pizza or no? Nope. 
Nope, sorry. I've been to Hawaii. I had two sisters who lived in Hawaii. Yes. Uh, That's the correct <laughs> yeah. answer. You gave the correct yeah. answer. My man, Luke Kygax, loves Demon Gorgon, doesn't like pineapple on pizza. Sounds like right. Kind of guy. great. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude, right. Demon Gorgon, no to pineapple. All right. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on, Luke. It's been an honor having you on. And again, everyone check out these links below. Go support Gary Khan. Seems like an awesome convention and community. And I'm probably going to check it out myself. So you know what? Great. I'm going. I'll be there. Guaranteed. Right. Yeah, we'll make it. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Well, with that, we're going to call it a game and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.